Welcome everybody to yet another episode of Late Night Bites with Oris, where we talk tech, gaming, and everything in between. I'm your host, James from Oris, and today we have a very special guest. He's a Twitch streamer. He's a Dota pro for sure. Uh, <laughs> he, he definitely has uh, the highest, I believe to be probably the highest MMR when it comes to Pango play, uh, just Pango knowledge inside out. Uh, everyone, I'd like to welcome Lucas, aka Lukey Lukey. Lucas, how you doing, man? I'm doing really great. Hello, hello. Uh, Excited so, to be here. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad to have you on. Me and Lucas, we've known each other, I'd say, for like about a year now, huh? A, a year, a little over a year when we started working together. Yeah, um, it has been a while, actually. For yeah, sure. time goes by fast, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but he's, he's a really awesome guy. Can you go ahead and just kind of explain or at least just do a little intro to our audience who may not know you. Sure. So uh, my name is Lucas. I'm I'm 23 from Ontario, Canada, I guess. And I've been playing Dota for like the last five years. And I kind of got into streaming recently. Um, well, I guess then like within the last three years or so. But um, I've gotten to playing Dota competitively. Um, kind of been a little tough making it at a very high level when I kind of am known for spamming one one hero in the game but uh i've been on the road to to success and i've been sharing it with everyone um through my twitch streaming and and uploading videos on youtube and yeah that's kind of been my been my path recently cool cool well, that's good um how's how's your uh, 2021 so far uh it's going pretty well as i talked to you earlier a lot of like skating on the ice rink in the backyard um a lot of playing dota and just kind of working it's been very very chill a very cool anime season as well in the, yes in the this, start of 2021 uh, anime, that we are graced with yes this anime uh, season for the for you anime watchers out there it is stacked uh i have about <laughs> like 30 shows and i cannot even get through half of them so between work and also trying to relax and play games i have maybe caught up with you know the big stuff like attack on titan and stuff like that you know ReZero. Okay um but yeah that's awesome uh it's good to hear how long have you been skating for oh i've been skating since i was like a kid i remember since i was like in the first first grade or something we had like a backyard <laughs> rink and i i would play i mean it was it was pretty casual like i i think i played competitively when i was super young but it just turned into like house league all the way through high school and it's been really fun like it's made me a lot of friends that um i might not have have met with you know if i hadn't played hockey with them you know oh yeah just kind of not my crowd maybe but it's it's been fun it's been real fun that's good that's good and do you follow like the nhl um to some degree yeah like i my dad has the games on sometimes in the background like i just watched toronto lose to ottawa from like a <laughs> had like a 5-0 leader i don't remember what the score was but it was something insane that i just stopped watching the game it, yeah. it's fun like i i used to also I think I used to like the Montreal Canadiens or something, or I don't remember what team I liked, but I'm a big fan of just supporting the the local teams now. So I'm I'm happy when the Maple Leafs win. I, I like seeing people people around me happy, and my dad gets happy too. So it's it's nice. That's good. That's good. Yeah, over here, same. I don't really watch too much hockey unless you know it's it's a very important game, and it's the LA Kings. <laughs> but um, <laughs> okay, yeah, I know uh, hockey does get pretty competitive. It's a crazy sport. It really is. It is. Yeah. I it's... really like watching uh, Connor McDavid actually on the Edmonton Oilers. He's uh, 
I, I think he was raised kind of in like a local area and kind of in the GTA. And he just plays for the Oilers. And every time you see someone make a sick play, you're like, what? who's that guy? And then you see it's like, it's, oh, it's, it's Connor McDavid, the captain of the, of the Oilers. And then he's, he's honestly just a thrill to watch. I really enjoy watching these games where you have like star players where you, you can see their impact on the ice. I think it's really cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, speaking of star players, let's get to you because you I would consider <laughs> you a star player when it comes to to Dota and just Pango in general. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, your streaming career, uh, where you, where, you know, when you started, where you came up, how you came up, kind of things like that? Sure, sure. So you're, you're too kind, first of all. Um, I think <laughs> while my name is generally, I think it, I think I'm pretty well, I've gotten pretty well known in the Dota scene um, just from my spamming heroes and like streaming. Um, but I don't think people know me as really the the competitive player that you you make me out to be. It's all these people watching this as well. Um, as I truly am, I would say, even though I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm completely a one-trick pony, like I'm completely trash in other heroes, but my my skill definitely would diminish. Uh, but but anyways, okay, so I started playing so I started playing Dota. So I actually played League like all my life. I started playing League in 2011, and then all the way through to like, 2016 or something so i played a lot of league i made a lot of friends along the way and it was pretty fun and then when i was in university i like stopped playing league i didn't really have much of a desire for that and i played counter-strike for a year realized that i wasn't going to be able to compete with all these kids that were like um, <laughs> practicing tapping on people's heads uh, yeah ever since they were kids and like <laughs> it's just hard out there and then uh, the year i think in my second year of university people like my friends started telling me i should play dota with them and then I remember my first experience with Dota was miserable. I, I had to run into turn rates for anyone who's played League and doesn't understand Dota. Like turn rates is probably the most crazy thing. You'll play this hero that's like riding uh, some sort of animal thing and you'll try to turn to the right to dodge a spell and then you'll just get hit by it because you you don't understand that your hero has to turn. Like it takes a year to turn and yeah, it's, it's a very rough game. But um, I got really mad when I first started playing actually. I uninstalled the game a lot. So I went back to playing League of Legends and... I was just really, really mad. And then my friend kept calling me bad, which I was, but it kind of drove me to play more and try to get better. So I just I just kept grinding the game and eventually I like got to his rank and I just kept playing and playing and I kinda got better than him. And they kind my friends kind of just drift between games, so they never really took it seriously. But I really like I really like getting better at games and, and improving. And that year I, I was hitting like really high ranks and you know, I've always wanted to stream in my life. Like, I've always wanted to stream League of Legends. I wanted to stream like Counter Strike, but I never really had the internet for it. Like, I, I live in a, I live in a pretty, I wouldn't call it that northern city in Ontario, but it's it's far enough north that I guess the internet was just completely trash for such a long time. <laughs> like, I know nowadays, you know, if you really want the internet, you can probably get it, but like, there's always these ISP problems, and I I was just too stupid of a kid to to think that I could ever have an audience people watching me play League of Legends, but. Who knows what my life could have been like if I played that game. So when oh, you're sorry. playing League of Legends, what was your highest rank before you switched over to Dota? Um, it was probably... I did reach... Div uh, I, I, I keep messing up the names. I was going to say Divine One, but it's called Diamond One. Diamond, in, in yeah. Diamond League One. Yeah. So I was never a master player. I think my claim to fame is that I was... So I was gold in Season 1, and I, I actually hit Diamond... I was Diamond in Season 2, when it was like 20, 2300... Elo, that that all means something to the people that remember those days, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were, I don't know. I was never the best. I was just like some. I was always in diamond. You know, I was just kind of 
diamond two, diamond one, but I was just low, low LP, like zero LP player. So but, as you, uh, you'd say probably like an above average, like a, yeah, I guess like above average player for a league. I think the average player, you'll be around like gold, maybe plat. But I think if you're able to hold um, your own in diamond, um, yeah, even now that's like the, the quote unquote gold standard. If you can hit diamond, like you can pretty much say that you've made it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, that, that's that's for sure the goal. Yeah, and then people I know in in league they added the system where you you can't like drop below diamond, so everyone wants to get diamond, right? And then you can't fall below to plats, like even if your hidden rank drops, you know. Yeah, and they also added an iron, so there's just an extra grind layer if you're not good. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> so yeah, it's that sounds uh, awful. They yeah. should have called it wood. That would have been a real slap in the face. I think everyone would have rather preferred wood. Iron is like, yeah. uh, it's one of those things for participating metals, you know. <laughs> it doesn't even look good. It's just so. It's uh, it's the knockoff so silver. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, that that's pretty cool. Uh, when you transitioned from League to Dota, was there any time in your Dota grinding career, I guess, that you kind of thought, you know, I think maybe I should just go back to League, or when you were grinding that Dota, trying to prove your friend wrong. Did you really just yeah. focus on Dota and you knew like Dota want you, you wanted Dota to be your main game from now on? So I think I just really started to like the game. Like I so I remember in my second year, I first I moved into this house or something and I was just chilling there and I was like, what should I do? And then for some reason I just started spamming Dota games. I don't even remember what happened. I was playing like Tree and Protector and Batride. I was playing offlane, which is uh I guess the equivalent to top lane in league, but it's still slightly different. And at the time, the lane was, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the details of Dota, but like the lane was pretty hard. You'd consistently get like tri-laned or something and you'd have no game. And I would go into these lanes and I would just have so much fun. Like I would, I don't know, maybe I wasn't getting destroyed as hard as I thought I should, but it was it was just fun to play these heroes that I didn't know what they did. And I was finding cool new spells and ways to abuse certain things. And I, you know, I was just a kid, right? Everyone, like, if I talk to any friends who play League, they'll tell me about, oh, this hero is really broken if you buy this item and this item. But they're just like, th they could be like um, platinum or gold or something, and they don't know any better. Like, you know, at a high level, it could be wrong. And I, I think that's what I must have been like, because there's no way any of that's good now. And I'd like to think that if I was, you know, back at 3K again or low, like, low ranks, I'd try some crazy stuff and I'd have fun with the game. And I was just having fun. That's just the. That's I know that this might sound really convoluted for the podcast. I'm probably explaining this poorly, but <laughs> no, no, I had no. a I had a really fun time, and I just kept playing. And I think I wanted to go back to league, but I wasn't even that invested in the game at the time because I had taken that year off of league to play Counter Strike. Oh, okay. So, like, I actually played for my school, so that was that was cool. Um, but we we sucked, so I played for McMaster. It's a school in Canada. <laughs> Anyways, so after that we. Or what did I do after that? I started working. So after I played Dota for a year, I guess I'll, I'll finish my my career real fast, a uh, career story. So after I played Dota for that year or something, I started working at at some local steel mill. Well, not how how you might think I would work at a steel mill, but I was like an analyst there, some <laughs> yeah. internship. I always tell my friends I worked at the steel mill, and they say, "Well, it must have been rough." <laughs> well, is it the nineteen fifties? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm just so. Kidding. So yeah, I just worked there and then like I just started streaming like because I was living at some place that had really good internet and I I was having a good time and mm. I think 
my the hero that I play a lot nowadays, like Pangolier, kind of got released like a few months back, and I was playing it a lot. So my my name kind of got more known, kind of around the time I decided to stream, and I started streaming for like twenty viewers for like a couple months, and it was pretty pretty low. Uh, it was pretty pretty chill, but then I started putting it putting it first more and more, thinking that oh, this is more fun and it's kind of like the the go to thing to do right now. And now, like I enjoy it, right? And then now it's twenty twenty one, and I'm still here streaming. And that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're able so to it. make uh, you're able to just do what you love, and uh, you know, fortunately, it, it panned out for you, and you're able to you know do this every day, and you have people supporting you, which is always a good thing. Speaking of Dota, the game changes wildly, I'm assuming, just like League. Uh, League, you know, they, they have like a new patch every two weeks. Got to study up on what champs OP. Maybe it's the same for Dota, maybe it's not. But the thing I want to ask you was, in Dota, does the underlying foundation of, you know, techniques and just your, your standard macro play, does that carry over to being a good player? Or do you think one who wants to be a high rank in Dota should kind of, you know, one trick a champ or sorry, one trick a, a hero into getting good at the game. So I think that my, cause I actually get this question a, a lot where people will ask me about if it was, if it's a good idea to spam a hero. And I think that in a sense, like when you're just having fun and you're trying to, you're trying to improve, I guess, with that, with that hero, I think it's completely fine. I think it is generally good if you have multiple, like say you have to lane, like I guess in League of Legends terms, you have to lane like top or carry or something. You should probably, or for like your main role, you should probably have at least a pool of like five heroes, maybe like yeah. three that you're very comfortable on, mm -hmm. which I kind of have developed at this point because obviously there's bans, you know, when you play competitive Dota, there's, and there's bans in solo queue as well. So it can be hard to get the one hero you want, but you should always have extra heroes you can play um, just to slightly diversify yourself because otherwise you might hit this point where you play one hero too much and then it kind of kind of fights against you when you try to transfer those skills over to other heroes, which I, I've kind of had to deal with recently but i don't think that it's necessarily bad per se like i think if you can if you can grind really hard on one hero and you're having a lot of fun um, i think that the skills do transfer over to some extent like just even playing at a high like higher level games is really good for you um as a player for improving and so, you know high level yeah. games require high level game knowledge i see you like to share that a lot on on your youtube channel did you start sharing your game knowledge for the purpose of, of you know, a lot of people just kept asking you or, you know, you kind of just put that up on your YouTube channel uh, just also kind of like for your benefit? Because I also know some people who make videos, not even for the benefit of other people, but it's so that way they can reference back to uh, things that they may have done in the past that they can use, uh, you know, in the present or in the future, uh, you know, stuff like that. But can you talk a little bit more about your your content on your YouTube channel? Because I know it does, yeah. uh, it does revolve around a lot of uh, technical gameplay and technical analysis. Sure. So as of so, just to shout out to everyone who subbed to my YouTube. I guess we had we had thirty thousand subscribers, which is pretty awesome. Recently, hey. it's been. I've actually only been working on YouTube for a year now, and it just kind of started with people were interested in my Pangolier because it was like the only hero that I was playing. So I thought I'd release a guide. So originally, it was just a guide on Steam. Uh, that could be released so when you're in game and you like you've picked say you've like picked pango and you're like oh i want to try this hero if you click on the guides and you you want to follow a build during the game my build would come up and it would be relatively near the top there's there's some people that make guides for everyone and uh or every hero so they're kind of 
at the top, but my, mine's like up there. Mm -hmm. And then some people were asking me all these questions and I just decided, all right, you know, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to make some pango guides and I'm going to review other people's pangoliers and I'm going to try to give people advice on how to play this hero because this hero is like my love and joy and I think that everyone should have fun playing this hero because if you can't play this hero why play the game you know yeah that was my mentality anyways so I just started doing that and then it kind of got more into okay well if you want to make a YouTube channel you can't really just survive off of like one hero and you can't just make uh, educational, like you can only, there's a limit to how much educational stuff you can make, right? Before you kind of get out of your realm of expertise, for me at least, right? I, I still need to gain um, some recognition in other spaces. I think a lot of people still doubt my my game knowledge if I'm not, you know, focused on one hero. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is it is something that I need to prove people wrong on, as I do still think that I'm not as bad as people think they think that I am on other heroes. But um, yeah, it's it's more so just become a lot of kind of stream high i wouldn't even say highlights but if i just play a really really strong game and maybe i'll voice it over and talk about my decisions or mm -hmm. maybe i'll uh just kind of upload it i'll get an editor to upload it uh with my help and then we'll get like all my videos recently have had spanish subtitles for my good friends from peru and it's it's been it's been pretty fun yeah there's a lot of people um in in latin america that are like heavily invested in dota um, do you, do you see like the trends in terms of like different countries being more active than others? And do you think you may know why like Latin America seems a little bit more active, uh, in the Beast Coast community or sorry, not Beast Coast, uh, Dota community than maybe North America or am I, is that just from like an outsider's perspective? I'm not sure, to be honest. I know that my, my video is kind of just, there were some people from the Philippines and Peru that somehow took a liking to me because of my interactions with, uh, with Smash, just a Peruvian player that plays Dota. Um, maybe, I'm, I'm not quite sure though. I know that Dota is definitely popular, like more popular in different regions. Like some might say that Dota is more popular in the Philippines than League, mm -hmm. which may or may not be true, but I I'm, I guarantee you League of Legends is more popular in America, um, just like the North America regions, gotcha, 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it shows as well. Like it shows in, in how like many, I think like if you look at the number of players that are able to make a living off of League of Legends in North America versus Dota, like the numbers are staggeringly different. Like even the people that are making content for for the games, like it, League League is so much nicer. To like, if I was a League player, I mean, I think I'd have much much nicer life. But I'd have to also have have skill in the game too. You know? Do you think it's actually beneficial though that Dota may not be as big as League because for someone like yourself, the content isn't as saturated. So when someone is playing Dota and they're looking for good educational content there's a higher chance of them stumbling across your video, you know what I mean, or your content? Yeah, that's actually really true to some extent. Like, I I've thought about that. I thought, okay, I'm kind of glad that this game isn't that big, but I, I also kind of want the game to grow. Like, I think I'm at the point where um, I love this game and I really want to see more people play this game. So recently, I don't know if you saw this as well, but they released a Netflix trailer for there's going to be a Dota anime basically oh yeah, on yeah. Netflix by I the heard same, yeah by the same studio that did avatar or something oh, so dang. i i think I, I think my i used to have a different opinion where it's like i thought we were all competing with each other for for viewers but i think that there's just such such a small amount of dota content that if your video is worth watching i think that people will watch it and i think now the most we can do is just try to get more people to play our game because it is really a great game and that's kind of 
the goal right now. So I'm I'm on the I'm on the team side here. I probably wasn't in the past. If you would ask me like five <laughs> months ago, I would have been like, oh man, I, I want to get more viewers than this guy. Or um, like it, it is a com- like streaming is probably more competition than YouTube because people will generally just flock between the highest uh, the highest rated player and like they'll kind of just go down. Um, like yeah. I noticed my viewers uh, fluctuate a lot during the day depending on who else is streaming. Uh, uh, I as I might not be like their first viewer or something, but there's like other people that uh, that are much higher ranked sometimes or just like um just their preference right and that's that's kind of comp- that's more competitive but like in terms of dota in general i'd just rather people come to the game i think it's great so i think uh you're in a unique position actually where you're the first guest on our podcast here that is a streamer that is heavily invested and actually well known in like an esports title. A lot of the streamers we've had on here are a lot of variety streamers or streamers. Maybe they're not that big, but they are playing esports titles. But since since I would say that you're again, I'd say a, a mid to to bigger streamer in your game, do you yeah. find yourself strategizing when to go online and when not to go online? Now that you've figured out those numbers, those swings of when you get your highs and lows, or do you kind of just don't really care about that? You stream for when you want to stream, and whenever the people tune in, they tune in um that's a good question actually i do think about it sometimes but I'm, I'm also kind of at this point where so streaming is like an interesting thing because i think that if you ask any streamer so you've been on with like a bunch of variety of streamers right yeah i'm yeah. sure they might have talked about their their highs and lows like um I've, I've actually noticed that on myself like i've had enough of a history streaming dota and streaming games that i think i might have peaked like in the past and it's like an interesting thing because you don't know how many viewers uh you don't know what your peak will be like, or you don't know how many viewers you're going to have at your peak. But I think something that I regret from streaming is not like putting out, I wish I put out the best content that I could. Like I am streaming Dota at the end of the day. It is kind of a stressful game, mm-hmm. but I wish that sometimes, sometimes in the past, I definitely streamed when I don't think I should have. And I really hope that people who tuned into my stream and wanted to like watch someone play well and have fun. Like I hope they, they didn't see like a depressed guy and like never came back. You know, that's something that I do regret. But uh, I, I try to only stream when I kind of want to. So even if there is, like I notice that there's no Dota streamers online, I don't want to force myself to stream. But I do know that I will get more people watching mm-hmm. if I do. But in the end, I kind of just do it for the people that, um, like I, I have loyal loyal friends and viewers that will that will watch my stream and it makes me, makes me happy. Like it is nice, the viewer count is nice, but I kind of just stream like sort of relatively late night. I kind of finish work and I just chill for a bit. and eat and it's a chill life living with my parents right now as as covid has happened and yeah and i mean speaking of uh you know your loyal viewers can you talk about a little bit like the importance of having like a dedicated community that you have around potentially you know like your youtube community your streaming community again those loyal uh watchers uh, i don't know if you call them fans but i guess uh, loyal people that that just come back for your content because they truly love you know you and your content. Can you talk about you know how it's important to maybe grow that or how you interact with them differently? Yeah, sure. So, huh? I'm trying. I'm trying to think because I usually just like I'm a pretty I'm a pretty open guy when it comes to if people want to hit me up for DMs or like ask me any questions. Um, I I like when I started YouTube, I actually made a Reddit thread and I just responded to everything i had taken some advice from a friend and like he was telling me you should in order to 
help your channel or something, you should just make sure he something that he did was respond to everything and it helped him out a lot. But I mean, I'm kind of that guy though. Like I'll, I'll respond to you. Uh, if you have any question about the game or life or anything. And I think that I'm just, you should just be an open person in general. Like, I don't think you should, uh, I, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. Loyalty is, loyalty is important. I, you know, I, I really, I really enjoy seeing the same face over and over again. And when people say that, that your stream makes their day, like it, it just makes you really happy. And I don't know how to, how to express that into words when I see someone say that my day or like they're, they're feeling better and like I've made their day better. Um, it just makes me happy. It makes me want to stream again. You know, that's, that's like all it is. And it, it makes me happy to see the same people back, um, saying that they, they had a good time when they tell me, don't worry. You, I know you had a rough day today. Tomorrow will be better. You can do it. Or, you know, like encouraging words. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how to advise people. Like if this is for other streamers, I don't know how to advise growing your stream. Um, but like, I don't know. I think that you should just make friends, you know, like everyone, everyone on Twitch should be your friend. So this is something that <clears throat> I don't really ask a lot of people. In your honest opinion, do you think that growing, if you're a Twitch streamer starting out today, do you sure. think there's strategy behind growing your stream? Or do you think it's like a mixture of like luck, you know, strategy and, you know, being, you know, really important online kind of thing, you know? Yeah, there. That is a hundred percent true. I think that I, I personally got lucky, um, but it, it's hard. People, people ask me like I, I've been asked a lot of these questions about how to start streaming because I wouldn't even consider myself a popular streamer. Like for for Dota, I think that I'm definitely like more known, mm -hmm. um, even though I don't even get like that many viewers. Like my viewership does does influx a lot. Like I'll, I can go from like six hundred to like randomly eighteen hundred. You know, in, in a in a night where I'm, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me sometimes, yeah. but it is, it is really, so I think when people ask me if they should start streaming, I kind of tell them there's three things, right? You either have to be super good, super personable, or you have to, I don't know if the last one was lucky or something, but you have to have like at least one of those or two of those and just kind of work from there. You know, I don't think that it's easy for anyone to really quote unquote, make it as a streamer. Like I wouldn't even say that I've quote unquote made it yet. You know, I still kind of have, have goals in my head or I think it'd be cool if, um, if I could branch out to more people that like don't know I exist and mm -hmm. kind of get them to check me out or something like that. But and me personally, I kind of would say I got lucky. Um, in terms of starting your stream at the white time, I did actually, so um, again, I'm not sure who watches these podcasts, but I know that uh, Mason <laughs> Dota is a, is a very prominent Dota streamer. And I used to, since, you know, I played that one hero, I used to consistently get in his games because I would, I would kind of time, well, this was before I started streaming. I would still time my games around him because it would be really <laughs> funny to, you know, I could go back, watch the VOD and hear him rage at me or something because, you know, if I got my one hero, I'd probably be doing very well in that game, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, when I started streaming, naturally people ended up kind of um, coming to check me out and like, who's this guy that's making my my favorite streamer is so mad or <laughs> so frustrated because Mason's the kind of streamer that like he screams and he, he laughs, you know, he's a, he's a good time, but it's kind of funny to watch him, watch him yell. You kind of go to watch him yell versus go to watch him. Like, is he kind of like rather, the, he rather uh, he's, it's kind of like the, the Tyler one of Dota. You yeah. You kind of be, you'd rather, you know, if you heard, uh, you heard he was losing versus you'd be more likely to watch him versus if you heard he was winning, you know, yes, one of yes. those kind of things. So I kind of just did that and I, it kind of ended up getting me more known, you know, so I kind of, I'm kind of known as this player that has high skill. Um, 
I, I got lucky because I'm kind of just there at the right time. Um, I kind of made friends with him too. And he helped me out a little bit. Like he kind of promoted, he hosted my stream like once or twice and kind of promoted me a little bit. Said that, you know, they could check me out here. Um, and then I just try to be as personable as I can. That's just my, my goal, I guess. And that's kind of how I've, I've gotten somewhere, but I still think there's a lot of places I could have done better. Like uh, in terms of just streaming and being kind of more, more cozy on stream and not streaming when I'm mad, but yeah, uh, I will say I think a lot of Dota streamers would agree that Dota Dota is a really painful game to stream. I know in League they have like the surrender option after 20 minutes, but in Dota you just if you know a game's lost at 20 minutes, it could go for 50 minutes, and you could just be losing for the next 30 minutes on stream, and your viewers <laughs> just like berate you and say, "Why did you feed? Why are you dying?" And I just have to explain to them that like there's this window in Dota that you just you can't do anything about. Like yeah, there are like the 20 percent of games where you come back or like yeah it's a time is miserable but i feel like the people who don't want to surrender are hoping for that 20 percent. but you know i think the same thing in league where i think at 20 minutes you have the option to surrender but at 20 minutes it's also a it has to be um what is it? it has to be a four four to one vote i think yeah at 20 minutes um it's, and a lot of yeah. people there's always at least two people out of the team they're like now they're they're like you know negative ten kills and they're like, no nah, guys we can come back from this we can come back from this. They're always the hopeful people, and it's funny because it's like, come on man this isn't even ranked. It's like it's a it's a normal game. I understand if it's ranked, but it's like it's a normal game, man. Come on. So, so I do know league is a lot different in terms of it's very easy to just look at the kills and be like, okay this team should surrender the game, you know. Yeah. But Dota. Dota is so interesting because, like, the problem is, is that you could be losing and some team could just, like, not have a push lineup. So they'll just, like, kill you over and over again and maybe you just don't have the team composition to fight back. Mm -hmm. But there there do exist other games where you can you can come back from these massive deficits because if some player just throws his life away, there's, like, a lot of comeback gold and a lot of different mechanics in the game that help you help you come back, right? So so, so I, I would argue as well there shouldn't really be a forfeit mechanic, but it is kind of a hard game in my opinion to stream. Yeah, I yeah, I wish. And I mean, to be honest, it's what we get, you know, for playing a game that's, you know, very popular, like League or like Dota. Dota is also very popular. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just get people, or I guess the more popular the game is, the more chance you're going you're gonna to have a teammate who maybe won't be as cooperative as you would like them to be. So it comes with the game, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game, I guess, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, we chose this life, <laughs> you know, if you don't yeah. want to, if you don't want to, uh, interact with, or don't want to have these similar situations, you know, there's, there's other games out there, but, uh, you know, we, we chose this life ourselves. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But I do want to go back to, you know, the, the talk about when you're in, in uni, um, so you were or you, you were doing software engineering, correct? Yes. And so did that uh, still pan out? Did you still do that? Or did you switch <laughs> fully over to, to Dota? No. So so I, I finished my software engineering. So uh, what happened? I didn't even start playing. So I didn't start playing Dota until like my second year. I was So I've done, I did five years of software engineering where I took a year off to work at the, at the steel mill place. But I've mm -hmm. kind of just done streaming and, and I finished my degree as well. I've just done streaming kind of on the side the entire time now did it you know did it make me a worse software engineer probably you know i'm sure if i spent all the time playing dota developing like <laughs> developing like apps and stuff i'm sure i'd be a much much more promising 
uh, individual to hire. Uh, but you know, no regrets here, right? So yeah, and actually, so one thing I do want to ask too that I've come across actually, believe it or not, I've come across people that are in very similar situations to yours, where they have a degree in a very prestigious field, I would say, software engineering, mechanical air engineering, electrical engineering. Man, why? Yeah. Man, you guys are also smart. <laughs> I feel, I oh. feel so uh, feel so normal. So the the question I always like to ask is, you by no means are are a small streamer, but I don't know if you categorize yourself as a big streamer as well. Let's say you're in that sweet spot where you're a good size. You have a good size audience, and you yeah. have that good size audience. Where to be honest, I think if you wanted to, if you focused. You know, on streaming full time, you definitely couldn't make a, a full time living off of it. But is there a reason why you're kind of doing, still doing streaming on the side? Um, I've thought about this for a long time about people asking me these questions of, do you want to play full time Dota, or do you want to play, or do you want to stream full time? And I've I've thought about this like for a long time, and I think that I just it's just hard. Like I already stream for maybe five hours a day or something, maybe more or less depending on the day but it's kind of hard to even get through that many hours you know like even even four hour days is not something that i i've been super enjoying lately playing dota gotcha. i kind of just play for four hours and i've i've kind of had my fix for the day i don't really want to yeah it, it's just it's just too much for me and i i wonder what i could do if like if i only want to stream that many hours or like even if i wanted to stream eight hours you know it's still I, I don't want to make that push to go full time because I don't think that much would change. Like for me, streaming eight hours instead of five hours a night, maybe I'd get more viewers or something, but it would take a like a big mental toll on me. I could definitely put up more YouTube content, I guess. But even then, I don't think it's I don't think it's enough to put me where I wanna be, I guess. Gotcha. I don't know gotcha. if that makes sense. I just feel like the time that I put in isn't like a it's not like a linear curve, right? Like I'm the more time in the is not going to equate to the more I get out. I feel like I've kind. I'm trying to hit that sweet spot where I put in like enough time in that I. I think I'm, I'm doing well. But mm -hmm. and I think I think to do that, I'm I'm allowed to have these other things like a job, you know. Or oh yeah, definitely. Other things going on in my life or like finish school. Uh, to be honest, it's in my yeah. opinion, it does. It is also the smarter play. But I think if you want, if you want to go full time streaming, you really have to know you want to go full-time streaming you know if there's even a shred of doubt about you know going full-time streaming then you should you know kind of step back and take a look and reprioritize because i feel like streaming especially for eight hours a day it's not just you're playing the game but you're it's a mental you're playing the game but you're also trying to interact with your audience trying to ensure that your content is always entertaining or that you know your audience is taking away some sort of valuable information especially content yeah. like yours you know i know you value the the technical side of things when it comes to to dota and making plays um improving your gameplay so that in itself too is, is very mentally taxing it, um, it is yeah. even just like sometimes talking at the same time as, as i play like i was playing like i, I was playing enigma as a micro hero and i'm like trying to kill creeps and i'm already having enough hard time like looking at my map trying to figure out where to go next and then I, I I can't talk at the, I just can't talk at the same time. It's not the same as when I play Pangolier. This is hard. Yeah, exactly. And there's not really an autopilot mode, you know. Especially if you're doing like ranked, um, you know, there's not. You can't really autopilot that because once you're on autopilot, 
I've been there with League before too. It's just it's not a good time. <laughs> you already know. Yeah, Once you're on sure. autopilot, you should probably just be that should probably be your last game. If you can't like mentally <laughs> yeah, focus. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. One thing I did want to kind of bring up here, and I don't know. Well, I, I want to see if your view has changed. So sure. back in 2018, you were asked if you thought of yourself as a an athlete. This was when you're in uh, university uh, with your with uh, your your esports club, and you said that you don't <laughs> okay. really think that you're an athlete. Do you, does that view still apply today, and not just to you, but to people maybe in that same sphere? I guess esports clubs or trying to, I guess quote unquote, make it in the the esports league. Do you consider people like those athletes, or it really just depends on your view? What do you think? I have this really kind of old day definition of an athlete in my head. I always associate athletes with like these physical sports. And I'm cool with like having esports make it in places, you know, and having these individuals recognized as like quote unquote athletes for the purpose of like these visas and, um, you know, these jobs or something like that. But to actually, for them to actually go around and call themselves an athlete for like playing games is something that like I, I don't really understand that. Um, just, just kind of, that's just kind of how I've, I've grown up. You know, I, I just mm-hmm. associate things differently. So I, I'm down to, you know, if, if it's going to get me into a country, I'm down to say that I'm an esports athlete and I play competitively, like, like, sure, you know, but I'm not yeah. really good. You know, if I'm at a party, I'm not going to say I'm an athlete. Right. I would uh, say to me, I think of esports, professional esports players as hybrids. I guess the way I think about being an athlete is there's, there's two components to it. It's the mental strength, right? The strategy. You also have to be good. You can't just be a good, uh, you know, shooter or anything like that. You still have to have good knowledge of whatever game you're you're playing or whatever game you're good at. And then yeah. there's the the physical part of it. I do believe an athlete, uh, being an athlete requires some sort of physical uh, attribute to it because I am like you. You know, growing up, athlete to me is is like a, through traditional sports: basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey. And so I think they're they're a bit of a hybrid. The the physical attribute, uh, I would say ninety five percent of them, it, it doesn't really matter. You don't have to have that physical attribute to be good at the game, but you do need, I guess, to some degree, you have the the mechanical skills you need to to be good at a certain game. But I think it's more so on the the mental strategy portion. Just like chess. Yeah. I don't know if I think chess is a very hybrid thing. I don't know if you consider chess a sport or not, but I I would say in general, I would call them, if it's called esports, I would call them e athletes or electronic athletes, I guess. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's like weird or, or not, but yeah, I think there's some, some oh, sort of that... hybrid, you know, hybrid. I like that. I, you know, I'd rather call myself an e athlete than, than an athlete, I guess. So I'm going to call myself something like that. Yeah. I, I would, I would look at chess as, I don't know, chess is. I would say an athlete, I would say a chess player could be an athlete. That's yeah. going to go against what I mentioned about uh, like Dota or like video games. But I just, I just have this, uh, just, just the fact it's online, you know, when something's like in person and you have like, um, I see what you're, you're doing things like physically, it just, it's just different, you know, it, it just feels different. So I don't know. No, that, I mean, that's completely valid. And it's, it's an interesting question because it's a, uh, well, I'd say it's a question that gets asked and pushed around and thrown around a lot. Uh, and some people, you know, do believe uh, that esports pros are athletes. Some people don't. 
and I think there are some people like me and, and you in that are kind of like in between. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's it is pretty interesting to think about, and hopefully one day. I mean, to be honest, the rise of esports right now is growing at an insane rate. You know, you have uh, you know industry titans like ESPN that are trying to to pick up their own, you know, stream their own games or uh, cover games that are you know important, like the League of Legends World Championship. Uh, or I think yeah. Dota has their own world championship. Is that right? Yeah, we have TI, but yeah, it kind TI, of got yeah, delayed because of COVID, because but we do, COVID. we do have it every year. Yeah. yeah, and it's just such an interesting place. Do you think that esports in general has the potential to be as big or bigger than traditional sports? Uh, I mean, maybe, but probably not because it's generally, I mean, this is a generation gap, right? Like, surely there's not a lot of people, like the majority of people that are older, like as as you kind of get older, like past 30, like I'm sure there's a lot of people that are old and they older and they like video games and they like watching esports, but like, uh, like the higher you get, like after maybe 25, like 30 or something, and like the higher you go, like there's gonna be more people that are more interested in like the the typical sport, like the hockey or the basketball or the the football, right? So while I do think that it could, like it, it does have a lot of room to grow in the future. Like there's definitely going to be more of these, like even though it's not, I don't think, know how great of an idea this is, but like the cafes and stuff for for esports stuff like that. And oh yeah, uh, I think there's definitely a spot for esports in the future. Like the the games are both all, all the esports games are great. I can see people playing them going forward. Like I can only see it getting bigger. How bigger it gets is is another question. I won't know, but. Uh, because the what what I've seen and what's very interesting because I think uh, on my side I deal with a lot of esports industry uh, industry or organizations such as let's say Cloud Nine, Immortals, people like that, and I also deal with traditional athletes. Believe it or not, on my end, okay, uh, of of working here at Gigabyte, and it's interesting because some of these professional athletes are trying to to start their own esports team or get in make some sort of investment into esports which i always thought was was interesting do you yeah. have any kind of thoughts on that uh, i guess one famous example is uh, i don't know if you know uh, the team echo fox but they uh, i think he was the owner of that is uh, rick fox which is a, a former nba nba player do you yeah. have any opinion on like these traditional athletes trying to make investments or get their foot in the door into esports so I think it's great. I'm curious what your take is on this after I, I say mine, but I feel like it's not fully financially fueled. Like there's no way that they thought, what's the best way I can spend money right now? Uh, oh, let's dump it into into video like this video game, or this esports team, right? I think that it's it's also like a mix of okay, there could be future in this game, and I like this game, right? I think a lot of it has to do with how much they like the game that they're like the team that they're making, and I, I don't I don't know, just kind of having the thought of like personally, if I was really rich and I had the ability to to like make this cool team name and like buy players or something it, it could be fun right like people do drafts and stuff and and other than mm. like the nba and they do like these like those draft leagues or something oh yeah and i think it could be fun but surely it's not fully like surely there is like more there's other motivation other than financial like motivation to to buy a team right yeah i think to be honest on my i guess from my perspective i think that these uh, traditional athletes are seeing the rise of esports. They're seeing how big it is. 
I think uh, I'm going to try and pull up some numbers here. So in 2019, the League of Legends championship had 100 million viewers. That's 100 million people. That's pretty crazy. So if we go to what's kind of the equivalent, maybe the Dota equivalent, <laughs> or I'm trying to think of or like in uh, in traditional sports, there's oh. what like the Super Bowl. That's one of the largest big like one of the largest events. So something as big as the Super Bowl here, 100.7 million. So the Super Bowl, which is like a, a staple, uh, iconic event, had what 700 that uh. 700,000 more viewers compared to League of Legends Championship, which is crazy to, to think that uh, an, an eSport can garner that many views. You can see that, I guess, the, the, the amount of viewership, the amount of interest is growing. And I think that's why these traditional sports uh, athletes are trying to get their foot in the door before, I guess, it's too late and it gets too expensive for them. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah. I think it probably has reached that point currently. So maybe, maybe you are right that it wasn't like maybe they do have some ideas about how this could be a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's but also they want to have fun. Yeah, but, I agree with you too in terms of the. It is. It's a very risky move um, because esports, while it's been around, you know, as we know for for quite a while, like maybe what ten or so years, a little bit more. It's yeah. still relatively new in. The broader scope of things, you know, traditional sports have, has been around for decades, but esports is still a, a new and emerging market, which is pretty interesting. You know, we'll kind of see how it goes. Um, I, I think League of Legends and Dota have the most potential, followed by, I would say, CS:GO. Um, but you know, CS:GO has a lot of, uh, I don't know about controversy, but I heard a lot of the scene is moving over to Europe, which is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, but I have yeah, noticed that too. It's it's it, it is really crazy. And again, with I think with 2020 being a factor in terms of how many people moved from outdoor activities to indoor activities, yeah. that being like gaming, either it's casual gaming or competitive gaming. Uh, I think 2020 was a year that esports really did uh, accelerate quite a lot. In there is one last thing that uh, I did want to talk about. One last. I guess not serious. Well, I guess serious before we, we kind of go in our, our ending uh, segment here. But in college, when you were competing, you did compete for actual money, actual monetary dollars. Right? <laughs> That's true. Can yeah. you tell me how viable that is in terms of, oh, I guess the the main thing is, where does that money go to? Does that go to like you, the, the players or the club? And do you think it gave you more fuel to compete competitively even harder or i guess practice even more okay so i will say there is there is a college league for dota the only there's like okay so if we exclude this year because valve is actually doing some things this year to make dota more stable financially uh, for like uh both tier one and tier two kind of dota players mm -hmm. Kind of just in, in college or I guess university in North America, we just call everything universities most of the time. But mm -hmm. um, like while I was at university, we had this collegiate league that was pretty fun. So I remember when I first started getting into Dota, my second year of, of I guess I'll just call it college. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I call it college. <laughs> uh, my second year of college, we had we had this league and I, I kind of remember responding on this Facebook post. I said, hey, I'm 3K MMR, which is really bad. If you guys need an extra player, let me know. And then a year after that, I was like, 
you know, I was the one making the post saying, hey, we need more people for our team. And apparently the team just like washed that year and it was whatever. But that year that I looked for players in my third year was the same year we went to California. And we actually lost in California, which sucked. But we, um, you know, it was really fun playing volleyball and on Huntington Beach and <laughs> yeah. like, walking around. And <laughs> the, it, yeah, it was That's it was where we live here, uh, SoCal. And I bet you had a good time. The weather's really nice, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then, you know, if we won, it would have been even better. We would have got like... I don't know, 10K as a team or something instead of like what we got. But we still, we, we took it as a free plane ticket and that was great. But that's really like some of the most money I've made from Dota. Like I kind of played in some like only Canadian tournaments. There, there was like some, there's some country-based kind of massive tournament that happened where I um, made it decently far with some Canadian friends. But other than that, there, if you're kind of not the best, then it's really hard for you to make money at tournaments playing Dota. And it was up until recently that Valve's released this thing called this DPC League, mm -hmm. where they've made everything more stable for teams to make money. So, like, you'll have the top eight teams in North America um, make like twenty-eight thousand for first place, and you also like qualify for these like major tournament spots, and you could make like twenty-three thousand getting eighth place, like for your entire team, oh, right? Uh, and then they have that like twice a year, so all of a sudden you're a team and you're making. Uh, like one fifth of like fifty thousand dollars or something, if you can consistently stay in the upper division, and that's like not bad, right? Compared to what you had as a player who like wasn't on the best, like if you're not on the top two teams in North America, you don't actually like get to leave the country right now. I see. Like you don't qualify for anything, and you're just stuck here. And yeah, you're gonna make you're gonna make money, which is great, but you're just gonna be stuck here. Yeah. And that's kind of the the issue that a lot of people have, like. Because these people that are on like the third best teams feel they should, they should have more chances or something like that. I, more I'm not opportunities, sure. yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of unfortunate. I, again, I wouldn't say. I just go back to the actual question. I wouldn't say that my college kind of life in Dota has led me to go down this competitive path. I think it's just kind of I want to compete. That's kind of why I go down this path. Mm -hmm. But so me personally, uh, so I'm in the second division right now. So we're we actually have a game tomorrow. I don't know when this is going to air, but we're fighting over a spot into Division One. We're like in Division Two, kind of at the peak right now. And if we win Division One, we'll get like seventeen thousand for our team, which is nice. Uh, it's definitely would have been the most that I would have <laughs> made if we do get there or something like that. It's sixteen thousand. I'm not sure. But oh, yeah, and is this kind of like a, an open tournament, like where any ragtag team can come up and? you know, do their own thing or do you have to, is it official where you like have to register through like a certain uh, valve, uh, you know, sort of kind of uh, corporation kind of thing or how, how does it work? So we were, we are a ragtag team where we played a qualifier and we made it into the, the qualifier tournament. Then we played to qualify to division one. We messed some stuff up and now we're just like playing division two. You know, every team is scrimming except us. We're just super, super chilling, <laughs> trying to make it off of our own skill, having a good time. And, uh, yeah, that, that's 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 our that's where we're at so far. So I think that we win. I think that is the best type of. I feel like those type of teams do the best when they don't take it like too try hard. You know that like, like you said, there's there's teams that are scrimming right now, but yeah, you know we're just gonna just take it easy. We're gonna we're just gonna rely on our skills. I always love that, and I those are the types of teams that I root for. Cause it's so funny when they pull up and if they dominate, it, I don't know. It, it's just it, it's such a lull, lull moment for me. 
there's just like <laughs> like he spent all this time practicing but yeah we're just gonna yolo it and see what happens i don't know i don't know if that's just me but i always find those teams like super uh, entertaining to watch <laughs> yeah no it is it is it's kind of sucking when you when you fail though like if you flop <laughs> to these teams that you you expect to beat or something but it is fun I always feel like they like the types of teams like that also have the most unorthodox strategies. Is that true for your team? Would you say your team has more of the like the uh, untraditional winning strategies, or do you guys just go uh, kind of by like your standard playbook uh, stuff? No, we we have trash strategies. So we have a bunch of people like me that also have heroes that they like can only play. So <laughs> if you if you think about league, I, I'm not sure how drafting works in league, but Typically in Dota, you generally tried to hide your picks. Yes. So you don't want to show who goes in which lane. But we just like first pick all of the heroes that we want. And we don't really <laughs> care if we run into counters. And that's just how we've been rolling. It's not really a secret to anyone. So nobody's got any extra information if they watch this but or listen to this. But yeah. that's usually the plan. No, I don't and I don't think you can really just counter that. I mean, it's it's such a well, it's a, I mean, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> If you don't, if you're just, ah, we just pick the people that we want to play. Like, it is what it is, I guess, at that point, you know. <laughs> um, Dota is known to be much more, uh, I don't know what the word is, but cruel towards people that just pick their hero, like, first. So, like, if you're, if you're playing a pub for Dota and you mm -hmm. first pick your hero, you can expect that you're not going to have a good game. Especially if you pick, like, a carry hero or a mid-hero. If you first pick, you're, you're not going to have a good time. Because there's just so many heroes in, in Dota, like, different than League. There's so many heroes in Dota that just counter other heroes, and the draft is, I would argue, far more important um, in Dota. So yeah, it's... definitely. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, drafting is a, a big key in in uh, in Dota and in a lot of uh, a lot of these competitive games, especially one where your or your hero can get uh, banned or picked. You know, I know sometimes if the other team does their research and they know that you play a lot of Pango, and maybe instead of banning, they'll they'll pick them instead. But sometimes that doesn't go well because you'll you being someone who has probably thousands of hours on this hero will know how to counter every move and know every play in the book on that hero. Yeah, yeah. So it's true. I, mean, I know I know but, some people try and uh, steal the pick, but you know sometimes it ends up hurting them more than it is helping them. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. It yeah. is. I mean, it's still hard. Like, I don't know. If they want to pick my hero, that's fine. I do know how to counter it. But in the end, if we lose, like, there's nothing. We just got to do our best. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it, so. I mean, definitely good luck. Uh, you know, everyone here from Oris is rooting for you guys for the ragtag team. Do you guys have a, a team name? What's your guys' team name? Yeah, we go by Dog Champ. If you, if you Twitter, no. if you find me on Twitter, or you find Dog <laughs> Champ on Twitter, you like. I'm sure. I'm. Let me look right now. If you search. If you search Dog Champ, we're at the top. Team Dog Champ. So <laughs> yeah, you can follow us. We are a big mess. I gotta ask, and, where uh, where did the inspiration from the team name come from? Where did it come from? <laughs> I had so many other names, like that all got shot down. They were really, really bad though. Like I don't even remember what they were called. They were like furry critters or something. And <laughs> it was like a dumb because I, I play I play Pangolier and I play other hero, this other hero called Hoodwink, which is a very um cat-like hero and anyways uh someone just said dog they wanted to have like a dog because it was a like dogs are cool and then <laughs> like doge. dog champ yeah yeah oh so. man why is dogs always the the meme animal <laughs>
I don't know. Uh, well, that's awesome, Lucas. I'm I'm super happy that you're having a good time. And you know, I guess one last thing I want to leave it up on is: uh, is there any one piece of advice for anyone out there who is trying to get better in Dota? Just what's your single piece of advice? Uh, I guess general advice that you can give them. Okay, so this is going to be kind of weird, but you know, if you go to so if you're looking for builds, you can go to Dota Two, Dota Two Pro Tracker. And you can search for the hero you want, and you can find this cool build. Okay, but that that's like that's besides the point. Like instead of, so so yeah, you should do, you should just focus on having fun is my best advice, and you should uh, probably stick to a small hero pool. It's my best idea. And yeah, if you go to this website, Dota Two Pro Tracker, you can search. So say I want to learn how to play Ricky, I search for Ricky, and then I see like all these pros that have these games, and you can like click on the game to get the replay ID, and you can like watch how they play in game. And I think you kind of learn the best by imitating. I think that's how a lot of people learn. And I think that's how I get better when I want to learn new heroes. So, yeah. Well, but I think having fun. Have fun is the most important thing. I had a lot of fun when I was grinding Dota. And if you don't like the game, it's hard to hard to play it, I guess. Of course, of course. Uh, and, you know, thanks so much, Lucas, for coming on for the podcast. I really appreciate it. Can you let the the, the audience know where... They can find you at. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Uh, you can find me at Lukey Lukey underscore Dota on Twitter, or Twitch.tv slash Lukey Lukey, where I stream most nights. And yeah, that's same thing on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. If you just search Lukey Lukey on Lukey Lukey Dota, I'm not sure how how known I am. There's some people in the Philippines that also. Okay, if you search Lukey Lukey, you'll actually find me. So that's cool. Well, there you guys have it. Uh, definitely go give him a follow. Tune into his streams if you're into Dota. Um, and if you're from the podcast, make sure you say that you're from the podcast. That'd be pretty cool. Little Easter egg there. And Lucas, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate your your knowledge in Dota, esports, just gaming in general. It was really fun to talk with you. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. This episode was brought to you by... Oris and Intel Z590 motherboards, uh, the best for the pro. Feel free to check them out at your uh, Canadian or North America retail or e-tail of your choice. Uh, you can find them there. And you can go ahead and listen to this podcast, Oris Late Night Bites, and all of its episodes on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. Lucas, again, thank you so much for uh, coming on today. And hopefully, you know, sometime in the future when things get back to normal we get to uh, see each other soon thanks james yeah that'll be great all right thank you everyone and we'll see you next time bye